0: Good morning how's it going it's crossing broadcast the only philadelphia five for five podcast that's right five for five you can insert four of your favorite sports and add a fifth one just for fun a little potpourri and uh here we go it's time for our weekly show of course i'm russ joy you can find me on twitter at joy on broad and i'm joined as always by the fantastic the man himself the the guy who conquers multiple beats and and does it with a smile on his face and a little bit of disdain for humanity in his heart. And that, of course, is Kevin Kincaid, who you can find on Twitter at Kevin underscore Kincaid. Find us in the description of this episode. Follow us on Twitter and keep the conversation going. Kevin.
1: Ross was good, man.
0: See, so, yeah, I went with a uh, high energy one. Oh, low energy It was a high week. energy. No, I high appreciate energy. that. Yeah. High energy yeah. tonight. I'm. I'm just revved up, man. I and I feel I,
1: like I feel like I did a lot of complaining on the podcast this week, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep it a little more positive this time around. I
0: saw Bernie Sanders was doing a presidential town hall on uh, CNN, so I'm I'm just super hyped, man. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna fix it all, man. I didn't even realize he was president. He's having a presidential town hall. Who knew oh, that?
1: Man, what a the guy! Presidency um, is
2: for each and every person on this globe in this country. <laughs> <laughs> Your call Yeah. 610-632-0975. When we come back, yeah. we are going to talk about the Mount Rushmore of Philadelphia sports. And if you haven't noticed, it is going to be a very long Mount Rushmore because each and every athlete in Philadelphia sports history belongs
1: there. See, last week I got some com- um, some compliments on my Yankee fan uh, rant, which I didn't think was very good.
2: Oh,
0: it was good
1: <laughs> um, because I, I felt it. like I was tired, and I would just I kind of stumbled over it, and I just doubled over, uh, doubled down on the you know they remind me of Bernie Madoff, Wall Street kind of people, you know. <laughs> yeah, I felt like my Angelo thing was better, but I had trouble kind of forming it. But yeah. you know, it's funny, Russ, because like, isn't that the way of the world? Like, no matter like when you're a writer or you're a musician, like when I played in a cover band. For example, we'd spend like like three hours working on this one song, and we'd be really, really proud to play it in front of the crowd. And then the crowd would be like, eh, like people would come up to me afterwards and be like, that was okay. And then, <laughs> and then we'd play, you like, know, what? that's
0: better than them not even mentioning it at all because then you know it really
1: sucked. Yeah. And then we'd play a song that I thought sounded like shit. Like, uh, we, we covered this one song that had like double bass in it, and our drummer kept fucking it up. And then people came up to us afterwards and like, yeah, that song sounded great. I'm like, really? Okay. That's how it kind of is with your writing. Like, I could do some bullshit that I hate and people are like, man, that's a really nice story, dude. And then I could spend like four hours on something and then, you know, some douchebag comments would be like, why don't you just stick to copying and paste? in? you know? Yep. So it's funny how it works. But I'm it's glad really people great. appreciated the Yankee, uh, the Yankee thing last week. Yankee doodle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Alright, so uh, let's give people a rundown of all the things that we're going to do. I'll put this in the description, but I don't even know how many people read the description, so here we go. So we've got, uh, today was NHL trade deadline day, so we're going to talk a little bit about Wayne Simmons, Carter Hart was out. We have uh, Stadium Series stuff, that'll come at some point in the show. Of course, we have to talk about the uh, the John Heyman update, or as I like to call him, Mo Rocket. If you missed the last episode, I want you right now to pause Go check—well, actually, listen to this and then go pause. Uh, go look up John Heyman's picture on uh, on Google. Go look up Mo Rocca. That's R-O-C-C-A. He uh, has a show called uh, My Grandmother's Meatballs, and he has uh, a podcast. I forget what it's called. But uh, go look at those two and then look at John Heyman's uh, Twitter avatar. He's a little bit Moji. He definitely looks more like Mo Rocca than John Heyman. I digress. We'll talk about uh, Bryce Harper, about the fact that John Middleton went uh, out to Vegas, came home empty-handed— People who didn't come home empty-handed after a flight, Bob Kraft uh, is in the news, so we'll get to him a little bit later. You hate to see that kind of thing happen to uh, one of the premier owners in Major League Soccer. Um, We have a little bit of Sixers recap, including a little talk about the Blazers, and right now they are in progress against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Some Eagles coaching changes. Kevin wants to unveil his 12 excuses. He wrote it for the website, and a lot of people don't read, right? Wink, wink. Um, But he wrote the 12 excuses to get ready in case the Phillies don't sign Bryce Harper. And uh, we even had a couple wrestling questions come in, including... And we'll just we'll just say this right now because we're not going to talk about it later. But uh, the guy who plays Roman Reigns on uh, Monday Night Raw came out and said that he is in remission from leukemia, so that's nice. And uh, there was a a wrestling movie question, so we'll get to that at the very end of the show because, of course, nothing says Philadelphia sports like wrestling. Kevin, where do you want to start?
1: Uh, Mo Rocker. I'm looking at Mo Rocker, and it kind of looks like John Oliver. From, yeah uh, he does you're right comedy central but this is why would i looking. talk this is a this is an audio you know an audio medium and here i am talking about what people look like um That's
0: what, well luckily people are able to you know google stuff as they listen to podcasts yeah.
1: google me um mo rock and no Who? no relation to sav Who? by the way ah, uh yeah let's sav do Rocket. the do you want to do the harper stuff is there anything late sure. breaking as of 8 49 p.m uh <clears throat> Monday? yeah john
0: John Heyman actually just tweeted.
1: He has no idea what's going on. Sorry. Uh, John Heyman's just making shit up at this point, man. He is. I got to see his avatar. I got to see that little avatar one more time.
0: He has picked up 3,000 new followers in like the last four days. He was at 555, I believe. He's up to 558, which is insane. And at this point, I wonder how many of those are actual trolls. 558,000.
1: That's crazy, dude. Uh,
0: Insider at MLB Network wfan 670 the score fan of in and out northwestern wildcats and curb i assume that's curb your enthusiasm which is nice Uh, yeah Uh, he was
1: on wip today but i missed it i guess he didn't really
0: i didn't hear i didn't hear
1: that i heard um
0: bob nightingale was on bob nightingale was essentially like yeah man i
1: don't don't know
0: i kind of thought this thing
1: was gonna be done i don't know so what do we think so we do we think that uh you know so the latest thing was that john middleton flew out to vegas yep uh, by himself to me on saturday night, on during, saturday the night game, during the stadium series game trying to take series, flyers yeah. headlines away yeah, kyle jerk. was
0: handling all this stuff he was kind of freaking out um, kyle was sitting two seats down for me at the link Can yeah. I, let me let me point this out really quick mm-hmm. so it's me it's a uh, video guy craig and kyle anthony was supposed to be there had a kerfuffle didn't make the stadium series game yeah, it was really? all on my shoulders blessed it's a big moment for you man so kyle kyle shows up late of course he does and he has nothing to do literally nothing to do he says to me on the car ride down, we're on the phone, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, I'm gonna be social media guy tonight." I'm like, "All right." He shows up, and I notice as soon as I see him, he doesn't have anything. I don't, mean, I mean, literally nothing. He has no computer.
1: And uh, I was at the Sixers earlier that day, watching yeah. them get their ass so, kicked. And um, Bob
0: was Bob yeah. was down in Clearwater, watching the uh, the fight and Phil's, uh, I don't even know what happened in that game, but that's okay. Yeah. No, the reason I point this out, Craig did a really good job because he has he had a bunch of uh, video content that's gone up on all the social channels. He does a really nice job. None of this is his fault. But Kyle shows up without a computer, and I I just I was amazed. Although watching Kyle in um in social settings is really fun. Um, He says that he likes to people watch, but he does it in a way where like, do you remember Harry Potter? Do you remember Mad-Eye Moody? He's like the he's like the one professor. He's got oh, this I didn't thing watch. looks
1: like a, I not a Harry Potter. <gasps> looks like he's
0: got a lazy eye, but like his head just his like eye just spins around. He can see <laughs> okay. all three hundred sixty. Kyle kind of does that. Like he gets into the cafeteria and he's just like trying to eye up the people that like he's written about over the years or the people oh, that he might have like interacted with. Who
1: to avoid and <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like but he's like but like if he, if
0: it's somebody that you think you should avoid, he just yeah. kind of goes, Yo, How funny would it be if I uh, if I went over there and just sat down. I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I just want some meatballs. Like, I don't really care. Um, but anyway, that was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm glad you guys are
1: prepared for that. It's
0: it's really funny. I didn't realize this until um, uh, the day after it happened. But Evan Macy of uh, Philly Voice was sitting next to me. Joe Santa LaQuita was sitting two seats down. Oh. He and I he and I had a chat. Anyway, this is Stadium Series stuff. I meant for this to be later, but yeah. uh, man, it was it was a real who's who. In the city of Philadelphia, everybody we'll back was down matter.
1: there because it was like a showcase kind of thing. You oh know, yeah, people who normally wouldn't be down there. Yeah, because when else are you going to go to something like that? That's how the Winter Classic was too. I was at the Winter yep. Classic, uh, quote unquote, working, yeah. uh, but I wasn't really working. I didn't really have anything to to say about that at the time. But all right, well, let's let's bring. You right, let's bring it right, let's the, get back okay. to. Let's get back to. Well, uh, let me Bryce ask Harper. you. Let me ask you this then. Um, let's get back to the Eagles. So number one, we think that this Dodgers bullshit. Then we think that's Boris post scott boris post john middleton meeting trying to squeeze a little bit more money out of him by putting this dodger shit out there is that kind of know, what man. we think the theory is let me well let me ask you this straight up then instead of instead of bullshitting through the the what if because it's just two months of this shit we can just talk in a circle you know it's like the snake eating its own tail you know um if the if you russ were given more money on a shorter contract length by the Dodgers say they gave you 33 million a year for three years. So like three years, a hundred million versus 10 years, 300 million from the Phillies, uh, more money up front on a shorter contract. Like would you, would you go three, three years for a hundred or 10 years for like 300? See, I don't think that's it. I,
0: I I think first of all, it's gotta be closer to 40 million a year because 3 million is not a big difference honestly, I think what the biggest holdup... And well, you I, I get what be, I'm
1: saying, like the difference yeah, yeah. between... Yeah. I, um, yeah.
0: So this is where I'm at. I think the biggest holdup, this would be my guess, not positive, is we're talking about opt-outs. And I think this is a thing... I was talking about this in the press box. Uh, you know, no, I was talking to Jim Jackson about it, oddly enough. It was Jim Jackson, uh, who else was I... Was, uh, Russ Cohen, Anthony Mangione were sitting waiting for um, Scott Gordon to get to the, to the podium. And this, this idea came up and I said, look, I, th- I think baseball, because of the way that it, it looks like they're going to go to labor unrest, you look at what basketball has done with its best players, right? LeBron James, Kevin Durant, we've seen a lot of one and one deals. You sign for a year, you have a player option for a second, you get max money, and, and in a sense, you control your own destiny, and, and you, you're you essentially forcing the team to acquire the right players to you know, fit your needs. And if they don't, you can bail. I, I have a feeling that what Scott Boris is looking at here is what Dan Lozano worked out for Manny Machado, that five-year opt-out. Um, if, if I'm Scott Boris, I need to have a player opt out after probably four years, maybe five, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the thing that's holding the entire thing up. And John Middleton, I would assume went there and said, no, like if you're going to get any kind of opt out, it's in like the seventh year or it needs to be a mutual opt out. Like we'll do that. Um, if I'm Bryce Harper, like, I, I don't know. I think it depends on how much you really want to play in Philadelphia, which is its own thing entirely. I don't, I don't necessarily think he hates the concept. I mean, what do I know? I don't know Bryce Harper. I saw him once in person at a lovely breakfast establishment, Ted's Bulletin in Washington, D.C. His forearm was the size of my thigh. I digress again. Um, I I think that if you're Bryce Harper, if it, if it means more to you to have flexibility to move around, he's still early in his career. I think he still realizes that the way that, that the market could change, the way that the next CBA could work out, 30 million dollars might not be the max end or 33 might not be the max end of, of what could happen for for top players. And in theory if he can get a 3-year deal close to 40 million a year and sign that with the Dodgers and even get an opt-out after 2 years or be stuck mm-hmm. there for 3, mm-hmm. I mean it could be a whole lot worse. And then you you go out and you get another huge deal in
1: in 3 years. I mean that to me is is what I think this is. I don't see yeah, I mean I don't see why that would be I don't I don't see why his it, I would assume that's probably what he's thinking. You know, when Boris is probably just saying, I want to, my dick is the biggest, you know, it's bigger than Lozano's. I want 10 years, 300, you know? Um, so, I mean, it makes me wonder what's happening internally. He wants to like shatter the, disc- the previous record. I think you need to get yeah. to 330
0: yeah. or 3, yeah. 320 to uh, to beat Giancarlo Stanton's deal. Yeah. You might maybe put a vesting option in there, plate appearances, set some incentives. Yeah, but, that's true. That's true. But, yeah. like, if, if you're one of these guys, there's no reason to sign a 10-year contract. Like, I get no, it. No, I don't I, know
1: why you would. I mean, because I'm sitting here thinking, like, dude, I'm 34 right now. And my <laughs> if, I, if I had signed a 10-year contract, you know, I would have started that at age 24. That would have been when I was... Uh, fresh out of college and still living in Georgia, you know, yeah. that contract would have ran that a whole damn time.
0: Look, there's a lot, there's a lot <laughs> of like I worked
1: like nine jobs from in, in those 10 years, you know, so like I can't even imagine that felt like an eternity to me, you know. You, and you, and you if just... you're a person, if you're an elite athlete where, you know, your playing window is only like age, you know, 20, 21 to age 33, 34, 35, or whatever the hell, that's like if a 10 year contract would be like, Sixty-six percent of your playing career, you know.
0: Yeah, look, I, I don't think we, you can under—I don't think you can overstate the importance of of this deal. Not only for Scott Boris, not only for Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, but also for the Players Association. And I think that's a big part of why there was a holdout for Manny Machado's deal as well. I mean, it, it, imagine. All things considered, the free agents who have gone out, hit the market, and have only ended up with a one- or two-year deal or have ended up with less money than expected, there was the rumor over the weekend or the report over the weekend that Craig Kimble- Kimbrell might sit out the entire season if he doesn't get a deal that yeah. he likes. These things aren't good, but then you, you look at the deal that Manny Machado got, and, and that kind of goes in line with, I think, what we would have expected the market to trend to. Um, in the case of Bryce Harper, you can't come away; w- you have to come away with one of a few things. An early opt out. So I'm saying like if it's a ten year deal, it's gotta be your, your three is probably what you should gun for if you're Harper and um uh, and Boris and it has to be a player option, can't be mutual, can't be team. Uh or you have to shatter the the single season mm. record for salary. So you're looking somewhere around forty million. I think if the Dodgers come in and say and, and granted, the Dodgers are gonna be up against the tax, they did clear out some space earlier in the offseason, but then they did go throw some money at AJ Pollock. If if you're the Dodgers and you offer around forty million, and Magic Johnson and crew sit back and say like we're gonna eat this salary tax because we've got the top attendance in baseball, mm-hmm. let's let's just go for it. Let's go for the splurge. Let's see if this gets us over the Red Sox. We're a shoe in for the World Series again for the next three years. It, like to, to me, that's what the Dodgers should do. And I think in the case of Bryce Harper, you have to at least think about it. You're it's not like you're a stone's throw away from Las Vegas by any means, but. You're in a in a market where the fans uh, care and don't, and you have the ability to go out and set the new um the the new baseline for what a star athlete should be at this point. You know, three hundred million over ten years doesn't do it. I mean Albert Pujols has yeah. got a deal similar to that how many years ago, and obviously we all knew that it was a terrible deal at the time, but thirty million a year to me doesn't say twenty six year old guy in his prime. And and that I think is the bigger thing. It's They're... not just one guy
1: negotiating on an island there's a um, there's a famous motorhead song uh, on the ace of spades album called the chase is better than the catch and uh, Bob actually kind of alluded to like that I mean it's a famous saying in general but Bob kind of alluded to that his take today was was at the Harper thing is uh, what was the name of his column like it's more it's more than it's about more than baseball now you know where yeah. it's more it's about their flexibility and, and their place in the in the MLB MLB marketplace you know they're standing in the league you know um yeah. I find it curious because I don't I mean I'm kind of like a neutral I don't watch as much baseball not nearly as much baseball as you guys do. I don't watch a ton of baseball at all um so I'm sitting here thinking well like me as a neutral like how do I feel about the Phillies if they get him or they don't get him and um I mean, I think they've had a good off season already, but the Real Muto thing feels like that that that's only a a justifiable move with what they gave up if they can pair it with a Harper kind of signing, you know? But you know, if I asked you, you know, if say they, say they fail to get Bryce Harper, but they go out and get like Kimbrell or um Keichel or something like that. Yeah. Is that satisfying enough to kick it down the road and say we got better we think we can challenge for the playoffs right now and we're going to just try to keep getting better piece by piece or or do you think they're not going to be able to get past so here's the thing everybody's going to talk a big game like oh blah 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 john middleton's a or he can't do this he can't do that the phillies go out and win like three games in a row to start the season everybody will forget that in two seconds you know yeah that's like the good thing about philly the, the philly being a knee jerk emotional reaction kind of town works in both ways because you lose two games you want to fire everybody but you win two you know, you're going to the Super Bowl, right? So I think yeah. people will be quick to forget about it if they start winning, you know? Uh... I think, like, look, go, going into the off season, I think my my hope had obviously been
0: to get one of those two guys, but when, when it became evident that Machado was going to be out and it was a huge deal to Harper over a long-term thing or going after guys, now, I'm going to say a name that had long been signed in advance, but I, I've liked the game that A.J. Pollock has, um, and he didn't get what I think is indicative of his skill, but he's had some injury issues to me. I I would have been fine going after like Kimbrel Keigel and, and Pollock to start the off season. If I would have gotten an early indication that I wasn't really in the running for Machado or Harper. Mm -hmm. Like I I would have gone that way. There was a a discussion that happened on MLB network. I think it was two, three days ago where Jim Bowden, I think was on that panel and um, Joe Girardi and Girardi kind of, you know, he said a few times that for as good as Harper is, if you can go out and differentiate and, and spread out that money over depth and getting guys, you know, you put together the Real Mudo trade, you put the Gene Segura trade, you put the Andrew McCutcheon signing, you you pair that with, like, Kimberl and Keichel, and all of a sudden you have a really excellent offseason. I mean, I think if, if the offseason ended now, no other signings, I think it's a solid offseason. Like, JT yeah, Real Mudo yeah. was supposed to kind of be this... Um, uh, not a harbinger of things to come but he you know he was really supposed to be the the piece that got things in set in motion but if he ends up being the biggest you know acquisition this offseason it's not that bad it it is a positive sign you're better now you're in better contention to contend for this division you're not necessarily in the pennant race as it currently stands but to me if if you've gotten the feeling if you're John Middleton and you left Vegas and you don't feel like this thing is is done or is mm-hmm. about to get locked up then I think you know whether whether you decide to make the moves ahead of Harper's announcement, or you decide to sit and wait it out to the bitter end. I think you've got to start to to pivot towards Keichel and and to Kimbrell. You know, Kim- Kimbrell gives you a, a legitimate guy in the ninth that allows you to push back Robertson and even Sir Anthony um, into you know the seventh and eighth inning potentially. Yeah. Um, and and Keichel gives you you know I think they have enough guys that are useful that are young players but you don't want to rely on too many young starters you put keichel in there uh with Arietta and nola and all of a sudden you don't have to rely as much on you know i don't know the nick pivettas of the world you can probably put vince velasquez yeah, into your the pitching is still and, a little
1: yeah and, a little and, and and look,
0: i'm not a vince velasquez believer as a as a starter i also don't know if he's going to be much of a reliever i don't know it's not like this is brett myers syndrome all over again but i, <laughs> I do think that having a guy that can get you some actual innings can be a long reliever can come in and you know hit mid 90s on a fastball like that's not a bad thing for them so maybe depth is the play here
1: i don't know uh, if if it sounds like i'm distracted it's because i'm watching the sixers and the pelicans right now sixers are up 16 okay. the pelicans court just distracts the shit out of me with the big um the huge pelican inside of the three-point line caw, <laughs> <caw>. <laughs> all right, right so.
2: anthony davis gonna leave <laughs> <laughs> clutch sports right <laughs> Everybody shut it (laughs) down. LeBron James. LeBron James.
1: That's pretty good so far in this podcast. You've done a Bernie Sanders and you've done a Pelican. So (laughs) we'll see where we'll see where it takes us. Okay, we're going to do an exercise first. Uh, I'm going to read you my 12 excuses that we can use if Bryce Harper does not sign with the Phillies, and you can pop in and say if you if you would like to use any of these uh, or if you think they're valid or not. All right. Before we move on to that
0: exercise, a brief moment. And a word from our sponsors. Crossing Broadcast is brought to you by Bryn Medical Specialist Association Cardiology at Lankanaw. Doctors Jason Bradley and Jeffrey Wool are conveniently located at 6 Lancaster Avenue in Wynwood within walking distance from Lankanaw Hospital, where they are on staff. They have been uh, both been recognized as top docs in cardiovascular disease by Mainline Today magazine. They specialize in preventative cardiology, cardiovascular imaging, preoperative cardiac clearance, sports cardiology, and general cardiovascular care. Appointments are often available within 48 hours. They have a full on-site cardiovascular imaging suite where they perform cardiac and vascular ultrasound, stress testing, Holter monitoring, and much, much more. And the best part, <laughs> parking is free if you have any cardiac symptoms or concerns, or if you just want to make sure that your heart is healthy and stays that way, call them today at 484-380-2808. Again, that's 484-380-2808. And listen, if you go in and you see Dr. Jeffrey Bra- uh, Jeff- Jason Bradley or Dr. Jeffrey Wool. Let them know that you heard about them on Crossing Broadcast. You saw or heard about them on CrossingBroad.com. If you send a, fam- a family member, a relative, a, f- a loved one, a friend, or even just a random guy you meet on the street, let them know Crossing Broadcast sent you. All right. Speaking of hearts and exercise, go ahead. 12
1: excuses we can use if Bryce Harper does not sign with the Phillies. Number one, we never wanted him anyway. Number two, he's not a Philly guy. Ugh. You know, go to California hang out with all the other soft California guys out there. I always thought that was funny the California thing cuz like uh World Series MVP Cole Hamels is from California. Yeah. Uh you
0: know. You know. <laughs> uh you know, I uh you know if uh you know I can hit uh you know 85, you know Am I the only person that got like that? Like, I, really hated listening to Cole Hamill's talk.
1: Well, uh, maybe, but I thought the funny thing about Hamill's was that after he won World Series MVP and he was really, really struggling in 2009, and he didn't say like a lot of great things in the media, or, like really didn't help himself out. Like everybody was like, you know. "Oh, he's a fucking little California guy." I'm like, "Dude, dude you know? helped us win the first uh, world's uh, first championship in the city since 1983. The dude should have a statue, uh, in front of Citizens Bank Park." Um, also it's funny too because people people always say like uh you know who's who's the most who's who would you if wouldn't you say that tj is probably the most philly guy on any roster right now and he's from pittsburgh well it was wayne simmons <laughs> but now he's gone no. all right uh number three he doesn't uh he doesn't hustle which that's, i think is bullshit that's just, anyway isn't that's, he yeah that's he not plays true hard. at all yeah, he plays that's not true uh number four uh well it's too much money it was too much money in the first place you know yeah because um, it's your money yeah. random no, number random f- joe from mayfair <laughs> yeah. yeah tim riley from mayfair um, <laughs> we number five we'd rather have mike trout
0: <laughs> i didn't know mike trout was available right oh, now. yeah he's
1: not that's the thing you know then people oh, really? people are just gonna he's say not? people just get well you know people are gonna say well you know we should we 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 just want to wait for mike trout anyway like no dude does. i hate you know yeah. i i so I, I did turn
0: on sports radio today. I heard one guy call. It was a guy from Shenandoah, which was funny because I heard that. Fuck Bryce Harper. Like, we never wanted that, him. Oh, you heard about? Uh, down to Hosea, Uh smoking a stogie, and uh, Mike Trout though. Yeah, he uh I like the. Is this here in Canada? Uh,
1: Were you listening to radio in Canada? Sure,
0: in County. Go up to like the highest, the northernest parts of. Uh, you sure this wasn't Vancouver? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure this wasn't
1: new. This was. N- Not Vancouver, Uh, instead New New uh, Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, thank God Trouty he want to be here because you know he's uh, he's from
1: he's he's from Philly. He's a Philly guy. Excuse number six. uh, Let's keep steadily building this thing up, which I think is okay (laughs) because I think that's kind of what we were saying. You know, you got Segura, you got McCutcheon, you got Robertson, you got Real Muto, maybe you know one of the other two dudes we talked about. So maybe that's actually a you know valid one uh number seven at least we didn't cave to scott boris's demands (laughs) as if that'll like that'll teach him a lesson (laughs) we turned down we said no to 325 million yeah uh
0: just on principle
1: number eight harper's defensive numbers are down that is
0: true they're terrible that's true and
1: bob keeps talking about that here's bob's tweet number one he's missed at least 40 games in three of his last seven seasons he's hitting 211 over 89 plate appearances in 19 postseason games he had negative 26 defensive runs saved last season
0: it is really bad that it's is not darren bad, ruff man. bad but it's like it's kind like of oh yeah i
1: forgot about darren ruff uh nine he didn't want like the nationals angle he didn't want to disrespect the nationals by going to a division rival or he was never he I was said. never going to a division rival in the first place that's what uh, I said. number 10 uh he couldn't handle the pressure of playing in philadelphia He took the easy 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 way out.
0: You're still playing in a Northeast city. Like he's, he's played there his entire DC. See, I don't, I don't buy that one. Yeah. I mean, they had expectations
1: there, especially when they were stacked and they kept getting to the playoffs and they couldn't do jack shit. So I don't, I don't buy that with Bryce Harper at all, that he couldn't handle the pressure of playing under expectations in Philadelphia, you know?
0: Uh, Look, you can say a lot of things about Bryce Harper. The, the one thing that I think you've always been able to say about him is he's cocky, which is fine. Arrogance is okay. Um, and, and he plays hard like that. That's why, you know Riding the elevator at Wells Fargo Center, listening to those two ladies who worked in concessions a few months ago, where they're like, oh, Manny Machado, you know, he uh, he just doesn't look like he hustles. But Bryce Harper, oh, did you see his biceps? Oh, my God. I saw him run into a guy. Excuse like, right,
1: excuse number 11. Nobody Does cares. Yeah, you know, people are just going to say, "Who nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. That's my favorite response to any crossing broad story that we write. Like on Facebook, people always say that. Nobody cares. No, well, then why are you following us? Yeah. Or just don't click commenting? on it. Yeah, You're going the, out of your way. Nobody yeah. cares. Okay, well why are you commenting on it? Uh number twelve, just blame Gabe Kapler. Yeah. So, he didn't want to play for him. Blame Matt Clentak. He didn't he didn't, wasn't impressed by Matt Clentak. You know, blame every everybody else, you know. So,
0: if the Gabe Kapler thing comes out, we never I want, like we I never want, like never Jezebel anyway. or the Huffington Post mm-hmm. or somebody to uh to do a really progressive article about Bryce Harper. He just couldn't side. With a man who who put sexual abuse to the side, who put a woman's claim to the side, he is a man of moral character. Okay, sure. Like I'm waiting for it. Save that I'm for the. I'm pretty sure it's gonna happen.
1: Dude. Save that for the Oscars, the next yeah. one. Um, yeah, so that was so
0: brave. He's so brave to turn down three hundred fifty million dollars from the Phillies to go sign in Los Angeles for three
1: hundred forty. Yeah, progressive. Hashtag #Brave. Uh, yeah. well, we're kind of a blue collar city, a blue or blue blue city, not blue collar. Um, yeah. So those are my excuses. I really don't know. People were saying some shit was going to happen later this week. I've I really don't know. Yeah, uh, la 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 la. Yeah, did did you have any final? um Bryce Harper point,
0: yeah, point. I'm sick of the guys who write about baseball complaining that they want it to be over. There are a few Phillies bloggers uh, who are on the uh the local the local side oh, I know this things. is like
1: instant site traffic anytime we do any kind of jabroni f- tweet uh, says Harper's going to do this. Everybody says nobody fucking cares, but then they yeah, click they well, on it, they all it's click like, on it you know?
0: yeah, exactly. and and then
1: it's like it's like Markel Fultz stuff, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, there there are a few guys who, I think typically get a lot of respect in the area for doing some good work and they've now started to like double down on this whole like just get it over with I can't take it anymore. What's well, your job? You know, I didn't like the fact that a lot of the the Wayne Simmons stuff had just been hanging. I don't like the the fact that a bunch of uh, names that people didn't want to talk about being uh, kind of low in the Flyers organization at least yeah. within members of the organization and everything and and their stock not being as high as, you know, the random fan thinks they are being upset. Like I don't like that kind of stuff hanging out there, but like that doesn't change Anything about the way that like we cover the team? Nah, dude, you know? it's cumbersome. And, and some of these it's, guys are just, it just it's just—it's just like getting annoying. It's like, cumbersome, get, you don't want to be it's everything you write about. It's but, like, tiring.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody's kind of like, dude. I'm like, I'm, you know, I've got Bryce Harper exhaustion. But okay, say he signs, and then everybody does like one week of like, here's his press conference, and here's what his numbers look like, and here's what he could look like in a Phillies uniform. Then what? You know, then it's like you're just sort of spring training, spring training, spring training, waiting, waiting, counting the days until the season starts. You know, I mean. If you're looking at it purely from a greedy, like, business kind of uh, perspective, I mean, this is not the worst thing to, to stay in the news cycle. You know, preferably you would like the, the – you know, for it to be something different or to uh, have a different topic or whatever. But just the world that baseball is in right now, you're going up against the NBA. Uh, you know, the NFL draft is going to be coming back around again uh, in NHL markets. I mean, you had the deadline today. you had the stadium series game the other night. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I get it. Look yeah. –
0: you know, in, in your case... I go, like, a week
1: a at a time. Of, do, I go, like, a week at do, a time with the Harper shit. Like, I, I start every week fresh. I'm like, all right, tell me what's going on with this. And then I get, like, burned out on it by, like, Wednesday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can come but back I mean, around in, in, to in, it, but I can't do I can't do day after day after day after day after day, you know?
0: But in your defense, you're doing high-quantity stuff for the site and then high-quality stuff on the Sixers, right? So, like, for you, I think it's a little bit different. For This is the thing that's always driven me nuts about writers in the city is if... If you are employed by a paper, by a site to go in, write a game recap and, and be done and go down to practice and collect some quotes. And like that is your livelihood and you make good money doing it. Like let's say you make 60K or 70K or you've been doing it for long enough that you're close to 90 or 100,000 or you're a syndicated like to meet, columnist. Like to meet right? those people, yeah. Like if you're one of those guys and you're complaining about how fati- how much of a Harper fatigue you have – you need to suck it up and deal with it because that's your job, you know. Like for for the rest of us, like for the people who work at at our site, we all have other jobs. You're well. I mean, you know, you do your thing. You do all the the writing. Well, I for do the, the aggregation you, like,
1: of that of the baseball stuff and and the hockey stuff because we have because you guys are you know you off you doing you, our you other, do doing our other careers. You, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So it's it's not. To me, I think it gets exhausting because it's just I'm just, you know, aggregating the news that other people are bringing in. But like, yeah, I mean, it's different for like if I don't know if Matt Gelb or Matt Breen have to like come up with something more intelligent or, you know flesh yes, flesh so that out with, there's or so much yeah, yeah.
0: that's the thing with baseball there's so much you can write about you can make yourself sound so intelligent by citing you're gonna have 162 ga-
1: you're gonna have 162 games to write whatever exactly. the, <laughs> whatever the hell yep. else pulls. you might as well like enjoy this shit while you can now because it's well, really and, it's really two different seasons it's like you know the Sixers' years off season we had colangelo shit we had star hunting we had the draft we have all that stuff and then you kind of put that on the shelf and it's like doing a whole different job for yeah. the in-season portion of it, you know? So I, I like, I'm with you. I would, I would just say like, enjoy those topics while you have them because it's going to go back to the monotony of like, you know, nine innings, nine innings, 10 innings, nine in, you know, it's, it's, you, you got the whole summer to, to yeah. do that kind of stuff. Speaking of things uh, yeah. that have, that went on for a while, uh, and are no more or will eventually be no more. Um, Philly sports talk, uh, is done. So,
0: can we have a moment of silence for uh, Philadelphia – for Philly Sports Talk, Daily News Live, yeah. Joel Embiid's knee and back. And uh, do we have anything else we need a moment of silence for? No,
1: the moment of silence will start okay. right now. Okay, that was your moment of silence. Um That's beautiful. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with what Kyle – I pretty much agree with everything Kyle wrote on it today. You know, it's just – the show began in ninety seven yeah nineteen ninety seven and uh it's not you know like <laughs> it just is what it is, man people ain't gathering around the t v to watch this every day anymore you know it's just you get- you yeah. live in a world of phones and and Twitter and the internet and facebook or you argue argue with your mom about politics on facebook if you want you know um so it's it's not the the days of having marcus hayes and um you know mike kern and mike barkan and everybody doing Paul that Domowich. yeah damo and danellan and all those dudes who are regulars on there i'd say it's just barkowitz, barkowitz yeah um it's, it's just you know it wasn't it to me it's less of an indictment about the show itself or amy doing it or mark doing it um i mean regardless you could say you liked them or you didn't like them but uh you know, it just, it's, it's that, that void is, is covered by other things now, you know? Yeah. Um, Which is the same, which is, which kind of extends to all uh, television, all local television in the first place, you know? Like I lived it in the news business where I was sitting there saying like, why the fuck am I going to sit here and wait until 11 o'clock to hear what, uh, you know, to hear what Kate Bylow has to say about the weather when I can just look at my phone and it's going to tell me what the forecast is, you know? um. So, so to that end, I think I don't think that you know NBC has anything to feel bad about, you know, taking the show off the air. It just is what it is. It, it ran its course, like like most things do. But I think like back in back from like ninety seven to like two thousand. But well, when did the iPhone first come out? Two thousand seven?
2: Um, was before that.
1: Two thousand
2: going to look this up right now
1: really 6 or 7 No man cuz I got out of college I don't think the iPhone came out until after I got out of college I got out of college in 2007
0: Yeah it came out in 2007 7
1: right so yeah. so daily news live the prime was like 97 to 2007 even then like you didn't have people on their phones or or like social media or twitter didn't really take over and go you know full throttle yeah. until like oh, 08 oh, 09 10 so it had like a good yeah. like 10 to 13 year window there where uh, you know, like Kyle said, like you would come home and you would watch that. You know, I remember, I, I remember, you know, cause I was away, I didn't have Comcast Sports in here. I was in West Virginia and I was in Georgia. You know, I used to watch like around the horn and shit like that, you know, yeah. part of the interruption. Um, but it's not, it's not to me. Yeah. To me, it's not, to me, the reiteration is that it's not the death of like those shows. It's not like those shows didn't like kill themselves. You could say you didn't like what, what Mark and Amy were doing, but I, I just think it's, um, there just wasn't really room for that anymore. You know? Yeah. No. And in the medium, in the medium to, where those really... guys can, you know, where Marcus Hayes and whatever, you could say, okay, where they can take what they can do and they can do it on Twitter now. They can say what they need to say on Twitter. They can still say what they need to say in their columns, but they're still talking um, and writing like it's 1997. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. like Twitter's a different game. Social media's a different game. Uh, the, the writing style that, that I use and that other people use on the site is different, you know, because we're a blog. So um, right. I don't know. You could say that they failed to like kind of keep up to the you know stay current with the way that things were going but i I think it's less of less of an indictment on the people and more just like the changing uh the world that we live in russ
0: yeah i i think this is a perfect example of uh the 24-hour news cycle and and twitter really killing off a show because i you know i remember daily news live used to be you know my go-to after school you would go home you'd turn on halo 2 for a little while you'd pwn some noobs on on lockout and uh (laughs) and then so actually too, yeah. i liked i liked i like midship the best because the oh, grenades. that's that's a thing for another wow. day anyway um take that uh look i you know i would do that and then i would flip on to uh to daily news live i would yell down to my parents that i'll i'll eat by myself because i wanted to see uh, everybody make fun of mike kern and him say dagger. and um you know like that <laughs> was my thing like i just I, I i don't know man i i really used to enjoy that show and then they would they would constantly try to re- reconfigure the uh remember it, it was kind of like the um the sports reporters where it was just the table and it was yeah. the the open chairs yeah. then they did like the brick background remember that and they had like the the old newspaper looking thing on on the back like with the backlit uh boards yeah. Yeah. i just remember they they would go through all these iterations so i'm like just leave it alone like it's fine it, it's okay as is and then it felt like whenever they moved to that like the philly sports talk desk where it felt just kind of like sitting at a regular news desk to me like that kind of spelled the end i mean yeah as i've gotten older it it just never felt like it it fit the times i didn't watch the current iteration with uh with mark and amy who i think are both you know good at what they do it's just that that to me like were as a uh, as a young parent i have limited time to watch tv it yeah. never became something i needed to watch no, and they can't and they can do... like there's there's nothing that you're gonna get from you know, listening to a lot of these people on that show that you couldn't just get from Twitter. And this is where I say like Twitter killed it because when I I remember as like a kid sending questions in uh, when like daily news live was a thing and, and they would want you to like voice your opinion or whatever, and you would like send them a comment. Michael Barkan would read it. And yeah, he, if he read yours, yeah. it was a thrill. Well, that's cool because you remember- didn't because you also
1: didn't have that instant interaction with social media too. Exactly, so it, meant, it yeah. meant more back then. You so know.
0: and and you would watch the entire episode waiting to see if your comment got on. I mean, I still remember. I said Chris Ford is still ruining this team. Tell me he's done next year. Bring us Mo Cheeks. I remember that. I had it recorded on a VHS tape. I took it in and showed my German teacher in high school because he wasn't a big Philly sports fan, but he thought it was cool that I would keep trying to get a question on. I remember that clear as day. But why would I do that now? If I were a 16-year-old kid and that shows on at 5 o'clock, why would I do that if I could just as easily tweet at Mark Farzetta and ask him and get it back in you know, forty five seconds. Well, there was or, more or of them forty five minutes. Yeah, right? there
1: was more of a mis- like a kind of sounds mystique, sounds yeah. corny to use the word mystique when you're talking about you know sports writers, but at the same time, like you didn't there what there was no instant you know reaction or way to get in touch with them or see them or hear them. You know, so you'd see these you read these guys in the newspaper, you see their pictures. Uh, or you'd hear voices on the radio, and they'd be like, oh, shit, here's this guy on TV now. Like, I know who he, I know who he is. You know, it had had more of this – their personalities, I think, were a little bit bigger because we didn't know as much about him. You know, they weren't, like, clum, clumsily trying to navigate Twitter. It wasn't like Howard Eskin, you know, can't spell anything correctly on Twitter. Or, like, he tries to use an ampersand, and it just shows, like, five gobbledygook letters that don't make sense. You know, but you knew Howard as the king who was really good on radio back then. or uh, So – there's a different seeing them in that medium was always different. You know, it just, it just doesn't have like the same kind of mis- I wish I had a better word for mystique that made it sound less important, but, um, yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's the same with anything, Russ. It's like the only, the only place in this town, the only like TV operation, in this town that's able to keep doing what they've been doing without really any change over the years is action news. Um, and I had argued. Ah, Jim, Jim Gardner. Yeah, the big but the Net big mustache, story today on Action News: the New Orleans Pelicans. <coughs> <coughs> um, mine sounds like a dinosaur, actually. But listen, I, I used I could to tell do a good per- pterodactyl. I won't. I tell. used to always like argue with people at Channel Three. I say like, you know why Action News is number one? Action News is number one because they don't do anything differently. It's the same damn thing over and over huh? and over. Jim Gardner's
2: mustache, Jim Gardner's huh? mustache, huh? Jim huh?
1: and uh <laughs> it's been that it's been like that since nineteen eighty, you know? But that's yeah. what Philadelphia is. Like Philadelphia when it comes to like TV news, it was old school, it was parochial, it was like we like what we know. We go vacation at the same spot in Seattle City every year, not because we dislike Wildwood. We just know Seattle City and we're comfortable with it, which is why people have watched Jim Gardner for 40 friggin' years or whatever it is now. And so at Channel 3, like whenever we were changing our anchors every two or three or four years or whatever, I'd say to them, I'd be like, look, people are, this is not going to work. You got to do a Channel 3 channel six is doing and just leave jim gardner on the desk forever you know they'll listen to him because they trust him and they'll watch him but you know otherwise it's like why would i watch why would i wait for the weather when i can get it on my phone why would i yep. wait for the news at 11 o'clock when i can get it on your website or on my phone um you know why would i why would i read cbs when i can read you know philly voice or whatever you know so it's um it's not unique. I guess I'm trying to say it's not unique. Like like Daily News Live did not run into anything that other people were not running into. You know, it's not like a it's not like a thing that was unique to them. It wasn't because of what they were doing necessarily. So that's just the world that you know, we we're part all living of, in. Part of the answer to that question is also just
0: the fact that like there are some creeps who watched the news because they like seeing pretty people.
1: Yeah. Do you know right? how much? Like, do you guys realize how like back, much? Back in like, the
0: NBC ten days of like you know Tony Burke. Bro- <laughs> uh gotta gotta go check the weather with a sheena parvin
1: oh <laughs> uh, yeah that was a thing for a while wasn't it? sheena sheena parvin and it's
0: like it's like tony you're 30 years older than her like back <laughs> off dude it's kind of
1: weird you know no offense do you know Rust- i hate to do it to him bum, 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 do you know how yeah. much like i want people I, I think people need to know how much like creepy male that uh female personalities at tv stations get um, I
0: feel terrible. For we you.
1: had uh, an anchor who had to file a restraining order against some dude because he was like coming really? coming around to the station and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, and like our our meteorologist would always get stuff all the time. But even beyond that, like even if it's not like creeper, you know, sexual kind of stuff like that, it would be um, like really like pointed like comments and stuff like that, it would be like, well, I don't like, I think you you look fat when you wear blue or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. dude, like who are these people who are like these fucking like, like creepers who just like, uh, see what the female talents gonna wear or how they're going to do their hair or like what, what, whatever. Like Misha Johnson used to have a lot of like weird stalker kind of people. And she would like retweet them, which was kind of, which I thought was kind of strange. But, um, yeah, that's a thing. It's, it's worse than I think people I think people it's realize. horrible but we'll pour it, one out it is really we'll horrible. Pour one and out that also
0: isn't like one of those, uh, those things problems. that you just kind of take into account like where it's like mm-hmm. uh, it's just a workplace hazard of sorts where it's like you know, you know what you're getting yeah. into like no that that kind of stuff is just creepy it's weird no like, I know I know it's just it's wrong on a lot of levels um, can I never mind I shouldn't I shouldn't talk about this uh, this thing
1: I wanted to bring what up do you want to get what do you want to get on
0: well uh, you know I was just saying it's a workplace hazard I I had a conversation with Joe Sanluquito uh at the end of the uh the stadium series game and he was telling you know he was doing the rundown a lot of the stuff that he talked about um with um that he went on the on like WIP to kind of defend himself and he was going he was kind of like relitigating it with me which was fine like I didn't write anything about it I didn't really mm-hmm. I think we might have talked about it on the show um but you know he was he was saying about like a lot of these negative things that happened I said yeah well you know some of that, I think, is just—it's kind of inherently going to happen, depending on like how how much you go after somebody. And like, I said, you know, we've we have merely brought up certain players' names on Snow the goalie of, of being, you know, like a Shane Goss of of the possibility that you know he could get traded at some point or that his stock isn't as high within the organization. And we had like all these got like I had all these ghost stands coming at me, like the Giroux stands I get right like he's the captain a lot of people are going to be loyal to him until the moment you know he retires fine and i think he's a, a lovely player like i have no problem but um said so, you know like you get some people saying some pretty awful stuff to you that doesn't make sense like it, it just kind of comes with the territory like you get people in comment section who say some awful stuff and like it's part of the territory and you know his his defense i mean in fairness i mean i haven't gotten death threats about you know, saying that I didn't think that the organization held somebody at the same level. And, you know, he was getting death threats or whatever. And, you know, I, I don't know. No, I, but that's I, what I, I said. On, I
1: said the right. same thing. I mean, I, I saw Joe at the, um, at the Bobon and Tobias Harris and Mike Scott press conference. And, um, I kind of asked him something. We were talking for like, we didn't have that much time before it started, but we had like 10 minutes or something. And I said like, dude, you know, like from an editorial perspective, um, uh, regardless of whether you're right or wrong and just about telling a story and doing good journalism. Like, you know, this was such a low reward kind of topic to say, to, to, you know, make Carson Wentz the subject of the story, because, you know, even if you're right and even if it's great reporting and even if it's like, you know, Emmy award winning friggin journalism or, or what, you know, Pulitzer winning journalism. Um, you know, people don't want to know if their quarterback's an asshole, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. so like for you the reward editorially or for Evan Macy the reward editorially is like it's just what what do you really achieve I know the the selfish thing is to say or the correct thing is to say you're not in it for yourself it's not about what you're proving it's about doing the journalism and you don't really care but you got to read the room and the and the the flow of you know what fans believe in and how they're going to respond to something like that I'm not saying voice was right or wrong in deciding to do it but it's just something I would consider. Like, if I find found out that, like... Um, if I had somebody tell me that... Uh, who's, like, the most beloved Sixers player? Like, if somebody told me that Embiid MB. was, like, uh, you know, an asshole, and he, like, uh, thinks that somebody on his team is a douchebag, like, if I go report that, uh, and I get it right, like, hey, that's good reporting by me, but, you know, there's it's people a, who aren't going to believe you in the first place who are going to think that Kincaid's yeah. an asshole. I mean, shit, I, I, I'm, like... I barely have any takes as it is but like even just saying one or two things about markel i had like markel fultz stands who were up my, up my ass in five seconds you know so yep. i can't even imagine what it's like for like like derek or kyle or, or some of those people you know yep all right um let's
0: move on to where do you want to go
1: did you have anything else to say about the stadium series i watched it on yeah, tv it, you know
0: what it was It was wild.
1: How much did you watch? Um, I watched the first two periods on TV, and then I came up, and I think I had it on uh, my my pad up here. But so I was coming out of – I got to – I was down there before all you guys because I was down there for the Sixers game at 1 o'clock. Um I didn't go to pregame because Brett spoke on Friday. I didn't feel like I needed to hear Brett speak again before the Portland game, you know. Um, so I got down there at like twelve thirty. It's a pain in the ass getting in there because Flyers fans were coming in the opposite direction, trying to get into the link, and they were all there were a ton of them who were already there, like twelve fifteen ish. Like when I was pulling pulling down uh, pulling down the main drag there. Um, and then getting out was a pain in the butt too, because like Flyers fans were like really, really rolling in there. I, I was impressed with how many people were there, because at that point it had started like spitting a little bit. Um, yeah. It was really hard to tell, honestly, on TV how hard it was raining or if at all. Like when they showed the um, the lower level shots, like the ground level shots where they were showing the ice, where the cameras were like right down on the on the boards around the ice, you could see all the like, not condensation, but it was like water, the water drips or droplets or whatever the hell on the. Um, on the boards but I mean all things all things considered man when you when you when you thought about number one how bad the friggin' traffic could have been down there number two that the weather could have postponed the game or whatever and number three that the flyers were losing three to one at one point I mean uh all told the way that those three things turned out it ended up being being a pretty uh pretty memorable day huh
0: yeah I mean it was interesting I, I think it was the first time I've been in the uh Eagles press box and I was kind of taken
1: back by it's huge isn't it It's first of all, it's It's massive. Yeah, you can fit. You Uh, can fit like at least uh, in the seated area. God, like maybe. Well, God, like seventy-five people at least. Yeah, and then so let me try to let me try to describe it. Let me try to describe it for people. Um, I'll try to visual visualize it here for people. The Eagles press box is up in the corner, uh, like on the I ninety five side, and so it like kind of curves around, and so you have I guess three levels. Of seats four are there four yes yeah, one four rows. two three oh there's four, four rows right and it just kind of wraps around just keeps going and going and going and then there's a little they're like kind of stadium like looking seats that kind of wrap and then there's like an area behind it where there's a bunch of tables and plugs and like you know little packets of information stuff and then you go through that and there's like, a ton of tv there's yep. like a bazillion tvs and there's like a cafeteria like a yep. like literally there's a cafeteria that's part of the Eagles press box, the Eagles media room where they have table 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 table. So if you add up like people in there, you put like 50 people sitting down there, you could fit at least 150 people uh in that Easy. press
0: box. Yep. It was huge. So um the the sheer size of that was surprising. The the sound dampening that that came as Sucks. part of uh of being in there. It was kind of a it bummer. It does suck, doesn't cause, it? Cuz yeah. cuz you cuz you don't get a feel at all of what's going on in the arena or in the stadium you can't hear any of the uh the public dress announcer stuff so they were doing some fun stuff with like Boban and and Tobias Harris were there Jimmy Rollins was there um Jason Kelsey was there we didn't really get much of a feel for any of that um gritty streaking got a really good uh ovation that was like one of the the biggest pops of the night but even the game-winning goal when the fireworks go off it's 4-3 Giroux just went and won it it really didn't feel like that big of a celebration because you could see everybody was up and out of their seats and already, you know, 25,000 people had bailed halfway through the third period before the Flyers started their comeback. Um, I, I I don't know. It, it was actually a little bit of a bummer. And I think the thing that made it even worse. So when when we're up in, in the Wells Fargo Center press row, you never have the audio on the TVs. And for whatever reason, they had the audio on the TVs in uh, Lincoln Financial Field, mm-hmm. which I didn't get because... In theory we should have been able to get a live feed of Doc Emmerich's call and that would have been fine, but we were on a 17 second delay. Yeah. And it was yeah. loud in there. Like that audio was cranked up. Now I know that we could have gotten a live audio feed of Doc Emmerich because uh somewhere in the third period, I think it was when the Flyers had cut it to f- to 3 to 3 to 2, we had a hot mic situation with the refs. That we thought must have come across on TV, but for some reason something got crossed. So we're listening to the ref dropping f bombs at Robert Haig. and uh, that was pretty funny. And then you know I started tweeting out like, did anybody just hear all those f bombs? There was the one ref in the Sixers Hague game
1: and... too the other day where I think uh, Oh, that Simmons was good. That was Nurkic like, shut the fuck up, you, you're trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, so I like those things. I think that was like a little bit of a disappointment, but overall, man, like i couldn't complain i was in i was in row one i'm like right up against the it's glass cool, yeah it's a nice press i had a, box, a really yeah. awesome seat and like it was it was a lot the of fun. Eagles, it was a really cool experience the eagles you know the the people there and everything like the stat like i thought i thought everything was really cool it was nice to go like down underneath like a financial field see yeah, like the, the tunnels huge going the giant around there. the tunnel yeah. where they have like the giant pictures of all the the massive yeah. events that have happened yeah. there over the years like that's cool. As a Philadelphia sports fan for my whole life, like that was neat to see.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, um, that area is pretty and, and, cool. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big fan up. of the press rooms down there in Lincoln Financial Field. Um, I just hate the glass because you just don't get like an authentic uh, feeling, like you were saying. Like you just don't have the like the natural ambient noise um, that makes it feel like you're at the game. And also, like the Eagles games are kind of weird too, where it's like very quiet in there and. uh I don't know how to describe it. Like, it doesn't feel like you're at a game. Like, I feel like people are, like, kind of self-policing yeah. like, like policing you a little bit, whereas, like, the Union games, we kind of, like, all talk to each other and we, like, sh- say, like, hey, did you see what happened to this guy? Or we'll, like, elbow the guy next to us and say, yo, f- you know, player XYZ is go- coming on the field. You know, but the Eagles is, like, weirdly – quiet or something or like quiet strangely like competitive i don't know how to describe it it was like like just kind of awkward made me feel kind of awkward but but no man it was um it was an awesome game. yeah it was fun to watch for sure it really
0: it was it was painful through the first two periods and uh it it was a i don't know it was a helter skelter game you hate seeing crosby have a good time you hate hearing him mic'd up celebrating but uh that third period man halfway through as the rain really started to pour down I started getting this weird feeling that the bad ice was going to benefit the Flyers and it really did. And, um, you know, I wrote that the, the thing is in those big games and, and really that's a four point game in the standings. And I don't think the Flyers at this point are are going to be able to string together enough wins for it to really matter for them to make the playoffs. And I don't think they're going to catch Pittsburgh. That was never the team I thought they Mm -hmm. were going to, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, from, from my vantage point, it's like, look, you know, in, in the biggest games, you need your best players to step up and have big games. Jake Voracek did that. Sean Couturier did that. And, of course, Giroux wins in an overtime. It was a lot of fun. To yeah. me, like a top three game I've ever been to in person just
1: because of the, the optics, the theatrics. It was it was a really cool yeah. night. Do so. you have... um? That was neat. What did we want? I wanted to get the questions, too, but I wanted to see, number one, if you had a Bob Kraft take. Nope. I just wonder like assuming this is true and you know what can I make it like a like a real quick like journalism thing here I know we don't do a lot of like quote unquote you know tried and true journalism practices on the website or whatever but he, whenever you write about the dude like you got to say alleged not you not you specifically like I'm talking about yeah. like people like alleged reportedly blah 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 cuz he hasn't been convicted of anything okay like yeah. you say if I would say that shit on Channel 3 would I get sued you know so that's why you had editors you looked at everything and said and then you just came up with all these (coughs) synonyms for alleged you know and you put that in all the time but you know if if all this shit was true or whatever the hell I think Kyle was pointing out in chat today that like he was uh, serviced at the Orchids of Asia spa in (laughs) Jupiter Florida and then flew like directly to the AFC championship game in Kansas City um if you're a dude that's who's crazy. worth as much as him and assuming this is and true, you're like you're doing this, like, holy shit, man. You, you can't be more discreet than that. Or you can't come up with something like, you know, people were freaking out because I think it was Schefter said that there were bigger names involved in this or something like that. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. like, he imagine. Said, he said Kraft wasn't the biggest name. Stay tuned. Everybody's imagination like that, yeah. just took off and people were like, oh, uh, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Donald Trump. Roger Goodell. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. you know, wish Tiger Tigers, Tiger. Yeah. You know, I think people found out that Marilago or whatever the hell it's called was like only 30 minutes from, from West Palm beach or, uh, or Jupiter, Florida, wherever the fuck it was. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's strange. Like I, I kind of knowing like what the affidavit, what the affidavit said, um, and what the allegations are, it's just kind of weird to think that he's like super tight with Ruben and, and Meek Mill and, That whole crew of of people, you know, isn't it strange? But um, quick story for you. When I was on the union payroll uh, back in 2014, I wasn't an employee of Keystone Sports and Entertainment, but I wrote, like, the occasional story for their website. So, like, technically I would have been on their payroll, I guess is the way you could say it. Um, I was in an argument with a guy on Twitter and uh, Bob Kraft came up, and I said something like, "He's not a good owner. He doesn't put money into the New England Revolution. He doesn't like really care, you know." Um, and somebody from the New England Revolution front office saw it and found out about it and called the Philadelphia Union front office to complain about it. Um, and then they called me and started like chewing me out. So that's how thin-skinned they were regarding Mister Kraft. That they didn't like a writer uh, from another city saying negative things about him. That's just which I understand what they're saying because like technically yeah I mean if I'm on the payroll I guess I shouldn't be saying shit about another owner in the league but I mean it's like come on really you're gonna make a you're gonna make a phone call to the so that always like kind of rubbed me the wrong way <laughs> oh, there it is <laughs> about the cramps family because they always just like something about it just seemed off to me <clears throat> and whether he's guilty yeah. or not guilty like i can't say i was really surprised to hear about the thing come up i don't know
0: man i i just think at this point like if if you haven't learned anything at this point it's the really wealthy like the disgustingly wealthy people in the world think they're untouchable and eventually they're uh their deadly sins are going to catch up. To it them. kind of makes me
1: want to vote for case, Bernie, like, you know, because we have to rein in the top 1% of owners. Each and
2: every person who wants to go and find a nice lady to the be wealthiest their partner 1% in life Americans. should be able to do so free of charge. The only thing it should cost you is the love of another. <laughs> and if it is a young lady, a young man, anyone, everybody deserves love. And under my new Medicare for all plan, love is going to be covered as article two no nay article one everybody gets love a home happiness health care in some order thank you that's right uh, Mr Mr. Sanders how much is that gonna cost gobbledygook bazillion dollars we're gonna and we're gonna make Mexico pay for it
1: <laughs> I was just gonna say that we're gonna build the wall and Mexico oh wait wrong guy um, the Eagles uh, added Mike Bartram to the coaching staff remember Mike Bartram not Bartram wow, Avenue I I in Southwest Philadelphia but Mike Bartram yeah. um, who was the long snapper on the team from 2000 to 2006 and a tight end as well um, he was a pro bowler he was a pro 2005 long snapper pro Bowl pro, yeah, pro snap long long snapping yeah. pro bowler <laughs> <laughs> Let's try that again. Bruce
2: not snap snapper. He was. Hmm.
1: So I think, uh, so he's going to be the, uh, what is he going to be? He's going to be the assistant tight ends coach. Uh, the Eagles sent out Put their, their thing with like the list of new like coaches and who was promoted and who was whatever. I mean, like a lot of these had been reported before, you know, like for example, we knew that like, uh, GJ Kinney w- was going to be like an offensive, whatever the hell guy like that came out a few weeks ago. Um, I think the biggest one, or the ones that stood out to me the most, are that they brought in Andrew, this guy Andrew Berry to be vice president of football operations. Thirty-one year old dude <laughs> from the Cleveland Browns, um, yep. who was with, who went to Harvard. Um, he was a disciple of uh, fuck. What the fuck's the guy's name? Sashi uh, Sashi Brown. Uh, I don't know much about the dude, but it's interesting because they already have a guy who's the. Uh, what's his name Alec Hallaby I think who is the v- mm-hmm. vice president of he's got like a very similar title but anyway it's not it's in that's in the ops department and then Joe Douglas is like the main guy in what they list as the scouting department you know those two different things yeah um they brought in Jim Washburn's son uh Jeremiah Washburn remember Jim Washburn and the wide nine
2: Jeremiah was a Washburn Donna. He also ran the wide nine
1: Damn it. That was it. <laughs> that was better than I thought it was gonna be actually because <clears throat> when the wide nine part came in, I was like, alright, you save that. Nah,
0: I knew how I could rhyme it. I yeah. choose not to. Oh yeah. uh, my dog do just
1: walked in the studio. Hey Baxter. hey Baxter. Hey, Baxter, you wanna say something? Woof woof woof. No on, woof, put woof, the mic woof, woof woof woof
0: woof. No, no no here, I'm gonna I'm gonna translate, okay. go ahead. Put
2: the mic up woof, to, woof. to
1: Baxter. Woof woof woof. <clears throat> he doesn't want to say anything. I think he has to say Parveen. I think he has to take a shit because uh, we had tacos tonight and I think he ate some extra tacos.
0: <laughs> eating tacos? Dog, yeah. no taco yeah. for um,
1: So that's about it. I, I don't think there was more... Um, oh, yeah. That was, was, was that him? He made a sound.
0: I've never heard Baxter Bax, talk before. can you do
1: that again for us? Woo. Sheena Parvide. Yeah, We'll see if he barks again. Uh, yeah, shot. but that's about it, man. I don't I don't think any of that was really... Um, you know, that Gunter Brewer guy who coached the wide receivers like a year, he was gone. Um... Uh, Eugene Chung left which I thought people was kind of thought was kind of a surprise and then um yeah. what's his face on the defensive line also left I can't remember um it was uh oh Chris Wilson left so they promoted uh this guy Philip Daniels so those are your uh coaching things I mean you know obviously with all the coordinators coming back this year it wasn't like any of that was really going to be um nah. big news anyway you know no nah, no nah. uh let's get to a real quick
0: uh Twitter questions before you take yeah. Baxter <laughs> out for a poop uh at connor with a lot of underscores said uh, what would it take for the phillies to recover if they don't get harper trout very deep playoff run or will they slide into irrelevance after the union open their soccer specific stadium across the street from xfinity in 2030 uh i think as long as they go out and make a couple more signings get get keichel and and kimbrell and and i think you can you can sell it to the fans um i i think you and i have talked about this before but just for the sake of updating it assuming the the phillies don't get bryce harper what is the better narrative to push uh, through through uh, the reporters, if you're the Phillies, that you offered more money, which then implies that he didn't want mm-hmm. to come here, or that you, like the same thing with Machado, you had a line that you were willing to go to and you didn't want to cross
1: it, because after that, it was just being irresponsible for no, the I future. No, I think you do the In money. Yeah, I mean, salary. I think the PR spin is, I think you do the money thing, because you don't want anybody to kind of come back and hold the stupid money comment over your head, you know? Doesn't that have yeah. to be it? Because um, either one of those yeah. is a decent enough strategy, but it is, it's you know predicated on what you already said, you know. So you got to keep that in mind. I think that's the only way you do it, you know. Um, yeah. Now all they have to do for what it would take for the Phillies to recover is just win a couple games. <laughs> yeah. You know uh, I mean? yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, Richard McGovern, who yeah, I know God, don't, also don't was, read uh, this question.
0: It, now, come on, he said, why did Chicago give up so much for a uh, CJ Sapon? He's I, nah, he's, I
1: he's just trolling. He wants to talk about the union. I don't know, I don't know. but I wrote about that on the site today. If uh, if anybody wants to read that story was actually doing okay, believe it or not. So for you four oh, okay. you four okay. a, you four assholes They got two on soccer story. podcasts. Well, one doesn't even yeah, record that the much traffic, anymore was, or like ever. The, um the um, site traffic was fine for that story. So
2: Whoa, who's this we got? Checking in here with a question. That's aton Shander at Shander
0: Show. Who says, uh, what's your favorite episode of Black Mirror? I've never watched it. I was not a Black Mirror
1: person, but I think my wife watched a couple episodes. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna get an answer from her for the yeah. next episode. Um we watched, uh, we, the last show that we binged the hell out of was, uh, was Ozark. Oh, you know what? I started, I'm um,
0: two episodes into the great first series, season.
1: man. Excellent Very good. series. I highly, Bain, I highly recommend it to the, uh, to the listeners of the crossing broadcast. We're doing the massive binge it's like, uh, of, uh,
0: of Game of. Th- We're doing the Game of Thrones uh, re-watch. rewatch. Okay, yeah, I, I feel yeah, like just I just got sh- to Tyrion on trial.
1: do. I don't feel like time. I can watch all whatever the hell seasons of it, but like now with Game of Thrones coming back, I'm kind of thinking like, what did help or what did happen? Um, I demand yeah. a trial by combat. That was the
0: episode I was yeah. on tonight.
1: Um, so, yeah, Ozark's good. It's like Breaking Bad uh, in a different location, kind of. Yeah
0: um tom dombrowski at tommy d707 says atlanta pr- uh, proved fan friendly concession prices work can philadelphia take note and give it a try they won't they should but they won't doesn't atlanta have uh, actual legislation in place that limits um the concession prices i thought i saw that before the
1: super bowl no oh, i don't know praising. that would be Maybe smart if they did it. yeah because i mean think about it. by the time um, you pay you know you want to take your kid to a game you know by the time you pay tickets and parking is whatever the hell dollars and then the concessions or whatever the hell dollars i mean like how much does it take how much does it cost to take your family or your son or your daughter to a game now it's, and with it's tvs insane. getting like bigger and nicer and homes being you know what they are like it's it's hard it's becoming harder and harder to justify it with the way the prices are you know yeah you're right you're right uh
0: let's see donovan donovan mcflab says favorite cannibal corpse song <laughs> a uh a uh a Mount Crushmore, perhaps, six one zero six six six. How
1: did that come? Oh, that came up the other day because uh, we were talking about Pierre Robert who signed, like, a uh, a new contract with WMMR or something like that, and we were joking about because, you know, he always does, like, uh, he's like, oh, I'll, let's give you a workforce block of, or it's like, uh, it'll be like, Jane in Brumall wrote a letter, and she said, Pierre, I love Pink Floyd, and I'd love to hear a workforce block of Pink Floyd, so I was like joking. We should hear a workforce block of Cannibal Corpse. You know, <laughs> I've no. seen them like a bazillion. They're coming to Philly actually in a, like a couple weeks. The Are they? Oh, no, they're not on that. All right, tour,
0: let's, go. Well, let's go. Well, let's no, go. No, I've seen go. them a It'll bunch of
1: times. They're in people. The, people. They're famous for. Uh, uh, ace ventura pet detective uh, they're in the scene where jim carrey's in the in the concert hall and the death metal band is on stage and he jumps up on the stage and doesn't he like dive into the crowd or something like that <laughs> and he gets so, up yeah. to the guy and he's like i forget what he asked him but he asked him for like directions or something and he's like do you know where this is or what the password is or something and the guy's just like head banging and doesn't look at him and then jim carrey goes all righty then but that's uh kind of all righty then did you know uh so
0: Pet like Detective was the shows. first
1: one, right? And then and then When Nature
0: Calls was the sequel. Did you know that uh, Pet Detective has like a 46% of Rotten Tomatoes, but um, When Nature Calls is like an 86%? That's oh, crazy. really? It's of like a rebound oh, on the sequel. Go. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. But uh, Vincent Hale says, uh, I'm not doing the Union season tickets, but I'm thinking about a nine-game plan. Which nine games? I think you guys can answer that over on Yeah, we're on gonna going to record tomorrow. But we don't want to disagree around that to disregard of that. Uh, Shay Richardson at very solid. Shay says who wins in a cage match between all the Philly mascots. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's gotta be. Well, Wingston's probably the first one out. What makes you say that? He's the lacrosse guy because he's a lacrosse um, he's guy. Also, he's, he's, well, he's, he's also poorly. He's like an oddly misshapen. <laughs> oh, and he? I think his head is too big. <laughs> but so isn't like, he like a little dragon just gonna,
1: thing or something like that.
0: Yeah. I don't think he's a uh, fang fire. is a snake. Um, I think Fang would actually last a lot yeah, longer because nobody would want to touch him because they'd be like, "Why do you have limbs? Why do you have appendages? You're a snake." It would it would confuse people. Uh, Franklin would die. Franklin would die a very quick Franklin and would be the first down.
1: one over the, over the top rope. I think. Yeah. Uh,
0: the fanatic and Gritty would probably team yeah. up, and then Gritty would turn heel. Like he would go Seth Rollins on the Shield kind of thing, like just out of nowhere. Like the you'd be you'd be all hyped for like, oh look at these like lovely portly mascots, and then like Gritty would look at the Fanatic. Fanatic would go,
1: wasn't the Shield like, like a sticks cop his tongue out the and then like,
0: yeah, 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 it was. Uh, with what's his face, I forget. Um, but no, like the Fanatic like sticks his tongue out and then like Gritty just like looks over the eyes wobble and then they both look at uh God who's left in this uh in the scenario uh. I guess it's just them gritty, <laughs> both like gritty the try, oh no fang fang oh, is fang, off in the okay. corner and gritty goes like straight up stone cold like tries to flip a double bird what about Boot swoop do we Any like Fuck oh, god oh no we f- no i forgot
1: about swoop just do like everybody like swoop else does cause is a terrible mascot like, do we have thoughts on swoop we never it's really talk stupid. about him do we
0: like swoop makes more sense than franklin yeah, does like everybody knows franklin franklin is a fraud. They, okay i know that you covered the team no, they celebrated and sorry, franklin Franklin's is a fraud
1: the other day at the he, trailblazers game i don't think anybody was he was really is
0: into it. he is an absolute disgrace and i just want to say everyone knows in game of thrones fashion the one true mascot of the philadelphia 76ers <laughs> is phil e moose and that is who we deserve and if he phil is e. if he's currently residing on dragonstone with sir davos <laughs> get that man a boat i want him Certain in philadelphia dollars. asap because i no, am so when we so get upset. into
1: uh, when we get closer to game of thrones we'll have to do a game of thrones i'm gonna uh, be insufferable yeah. you know that's a good that's a good crossover have. stuff i should write some game of thrones stuff for the site people would read it it's gonna yeah. be if my wu if i can do a gonna, wu-tang story then sure enough uh, and people will read it then sure enough I do a game of Thrones. Uh,
0: it's like we're gonna we're gonna have to like present this to uh like the philly sports talk panel that's now defunct but like they're the iron bank of bravos or something yeah. and and then, like, I
2: have to be Davos and stand there And for uh, Philly Moose. Uh, Philly Moose is the one true king of this nation. He's a good man and a just man. He's got the blood. The current man that you're looking at, He's he's got fake blood. Like, the blood of the true king. Sound
1: like Sean, Sean Connery in, uh, well, in, the, in The That's what Davos sounds like. Is that what the name of the movie was on well, Alcatraz? Yeah, the rock, yeah, yeah, it is oh he has such a great line shane dungan says i haven't lived near philly for nine years with nashville getting a new mls team is it okay to change teams uh no no it's not uh groves says saturday night was great uh, but i was too many beers deep to really enjoy it well yeah i mean if, if you can't if you're too many beers in you can't really enjoy much of anything can you um let me see uh C.K. Squeak says, uh, is the
0: sample size big enough now to come to the conclusion the Sixers will not get out of the East?
1: Uh, I don't know. Before the stream crapped they're, out, they're, I mean, sample they're, size... still up, they're up by 11 on the Pelicans right now. Um, they
0: are um, I think their sample size against the top teams in good. the East is yeah. enough
1: to say that that, that is
0: a troublesome thing. I had somebody come at me the other day because they're like, oh, you know, the Sixers have the second best record behind the Warriors since like December of uh, 17 or what? No, of 18 or no. It must have been 17. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, and that's lovely. But like, look at their record against the other top teams within the conference. They're like, oh well, what's their record against the Warriors? I'm like, well, oh, I'm sorry, I, for- I forgot that the Sixers just get to forego the entire Eastern Conference yeah, yeah. playoffs. You know, good point. They also didn't have Clay Thompson in that last game. Fraud. So this um, guy, uh,
1: um, yeah, Al, Al wants, wants to know. Uh, can you give us your thoughts on Penguins fans? Uh, And please, I hope it's the same level as New York fans. No, it's not the same level as New York fans, because New York fans have that, like, douchey, like, cosmopolitan kind of rich bitch, uh, you know, go vacation in the Hamptons kind of thing going on, you know? Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh they're like they're like us, man. Like when I went to school when I went to when I went to school out in West Virginia, dude, they were all all the Penguins fans were like just like Philadelphia sports fans. I know no, but nobody wants nobody wants to hear it. But but it's like Philly and Pittsburgh really are not that different in terms of what the what the sports fans are like. Penguins fans are absolute frauds.
0: They are a they are a scourge to this nation. They're a scourge to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And <laughs> what, I'm the ones tell you in this why. area? They are just bitter. No, no, no. Listen, because think about what Pittsburgh fans have going for them, right? They have an alleged rapist as their quarterback. That's the guy that they have to tie. They have to put that, that flag in I mean, the ground. I mean, we had the, you know, th- like, the oh, dog well, killer. You know, we don't know that he did it. Never mind all the, uh, the evidence that pointed to the fact that Ben Roethlisberger is a kind of scummy human being. No, 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 no. We'll look away from that. How about the Pirates? The Pirates are great, right? No, they haven't been great since Barry Bonds. Okay, so they've been relatively irrelevant. What do they have? Oh, they have a nice park. That's good. You know, that's the excuse that we that we used to keep the Philadelphia Union in Philadelphia slash yeah. Chester. And then you look and you say, well, like, why are they so bitter? Like, why does everybody care about the Penguins? Like, were they all just Mario Lemieux fans growing up? Or, oh, no, it's because they have that whiny, wimp Sidney Crosby, and they have that dirty Andre the Giant-looking Russian slag or whatever uh if Gany malkin on their team and that's great they go out they manage to manipulate the cap they get to go out and get like the jack johnson of the world the phil kessels they somehow never manage to end up in cap hell nobody knows how they do it it's all fraudulent uh pierre mcguire is constantly making excuses for them on the national yeah, but you're talking about for the peng- longest time the penguins in- you're not talking about no, 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 their no. fans it's and no, be, well, because their fans just in, embrace all of oh. this. They endorse all of <laughs> oh. it, and, by, and they're, <laughs> so they're, they're guilty by trash. association. And let me tell you, the, the real reason that, that Penguins <laughs> fans are so disgusting and the reason that they're just so excited to be, you know, rooting for Sidney Crosby is the fact that they don't have a basketball team. So they're stuck no. with a niche sport, which I cover, by the way, and I enjoy covering. But they, they're they stuck with a niche team, a, uh, a football team that's, you know, an absolute... Mess right now that's about to lose their best two playmakers that is about to have their alleged sexual abuser of a quarterback go they off have, into retirement. They have hopefully. a bunch of and and what else do they have, have, Kevin? They don't nothing. have they don't have a uh, a basketball team. Oh, so so well, enjoy that. Yeah, I mean they don't enjoy have an that.
1: MLS team either. Frauds. So you say they only have three, but I mean like dude, they're, they're and just- you know what else is you know what else is bad, <laughs> oh, Kevin? God, is good.
0: that every one of those Pittsburgh teams has the same colors? They couldn't even be interesting enough to go out and differentiate dude, their I, colors. No. Oh, it's black and gold. What do you? Did lived in that
1: area i lived Cut in that area for a long time like i have family in Greensboro. I'm sorry. i went to school in west virginia i was surrounded by pittsburgh steelers fans and penguins fans when they were when they were winning titles and we were winning jack shit but i didn't think that the fans were like i don't look at pittsburgh sports fans and, and see what i see in like you know dallas front runners or like new york yankees fans or insufferable fucking boston fans like I'm not saying I think that like Pittsburgh sports fans are, are amazing or they're the greatest people on the earth or whatever like that, but they're low. They're low in the pecking order. I think if we're talking about people who are, like, you know, unpleasant to be around or somebody that we wouldn't like. You I'm know, be honest.
0: Steelers fans don't make me that mad.
1: No, when's the last uh, time you got Pirates mad at fans? A Pirates, Pirates fan? fans like, don't no. exist.
0: The reason that I don't like Penguins fans is because, and I I see plenty of this. I went to college with people like this. I, I went to high school with people who turned their back on Philly sports. Where I grew up, it was fair to be a Pittsburgh and a Philly fan at the same time, assuming they didn't play each other. Well, that's ridiculous, because kind of, you're closer to but, New
1: York than you are Pittsburgh and Schuylkill County. I know. Um, listen, this is the thing. Pittsburgh well be fans a are fan.
0: profane, horrible... Like whatever. You go to a Penguins game and they're horrible. They treat you like crap. They're absolute drunken messes in the in the uh, in the Mm -hmm. parking lot. But it's like, oh, but you know, like uh, you know, we're we're not as bad as Philadelphia. Like that's the thing. You don't hear that many Philly fans say, well, we're at least we're not as bad as those Pittsburgh fans. That's like always the thing. Well, I wonder too if we went. Oh, you guys, like everybody getting indignant about the way that Philly fans act if you go and you wear a Crosby jersey to a to a Flyers game. Well, Well, and if you 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 know, I I always talk
1: to like my friends who went to Penn State and who were like right in the middle of it and you know had like half Philly fans and half Pittsburgh fans and stuff like that. And it was more like kind of in their face every day because it was more of a, it was more of a (coughs) a divisive kind of thing. Like West Virginia was kind of a melting pot. We had like Pitts we had a lot of Pittsburgh fans. Yeah. We had like Redskins fans. We had Eagles fans. We had a lot of people from Jersey. Then you had like, like Browns and Bengals fans and stuff like that from people who came up from the, from the other side, uh, you know, in, in Ohio. So it was more, it wasn't like it's a half and half thing where like the state college kids were getting half penguins, Steelers, half, eagles phillies and stuff like that so i don't know i guess it would i'd have a different take on pittsburgh sports fans if i if if i had that geography but um i don't look at them the same We're way as, the I, look like, as I look at like as i look at like you know the, from from this barstool new england douchebags or like the dallas dallas no i douche, hate boston but, boston but like, I gotta say, fans dallas fans i gotta, gotta say man
0: much boston fans are insufferable they're when horrible. i was they're, yeah
1: yeah they're, exactly when i was down you know i, I started thinking differently about the cowboys though, because when i was down in texas uh, in November, uh, in Austin, the Longhorn fans—they were like the nicest people I've ever been around. And a lot of them, really? like probably seventy-five percent of the ones I talked to, said that they were also Dallas Cowboys fans, which just reinforces the fact that it's not—it's not cowboy fans in general. It's the front-running assholes up here who don't have anything to do with Texas. That's always going to be my my number one thing. You know, it's the douchey Bernie Madoff yep. people. You know, the douchey Boston people and the front the Northeast front runners, but all the people who are actually from Pittsburgh and who are actually from Dallas or Texas or Austin or at home. They're they're okay in my book so told you I was going to be more positive. All right.
0: So. right i'm looking to see if there were any other questions that were uh, uh yeah, here's one. <coughs> uh really quick. Um uh, Mike Farioli says is Real Madrid still one of Europe's top 10 clubs mm. now that Ronaldo's gone. It's okay, Russ. That makes me really sad. I don't want to address it. And um, J.B. in space brings up uh, the Wayne Simmons trade that we didn't really talk about. Wayne Simmons yeah. was traded for a uh, conditional. It was a fourth-round pick, could be a third-round pick if Nashville gets out of the first they round. Didn't they didn't get enough will. for
1: him, but what, what were you expecting and, uh, for a guy on an expiring contract who's 30 years old and who has not you know, been who he normally is? It's really hard because Ryan
0: Hartman's a guy who, when he played for Chicago under Joel Quenville, wink, wink, um, he scored, I think it was 19 goals in a season. Um, there's still something about the guys 25 he's an rfa at the end of the season he shouldn't cost you that much he can be a good depth forward but he's by no means a guy that you're going to want to you know build around long term or think he's going to be a uh you know a top six forward it's just not going to happen you. so i mean that's it it's going to be sad i i liked wayne simmons a lot and i think the biggest takeaway i had or, or one of them out of the stadium series game was after the game was over uh, Simmons wasn't going to be one of the guys up on the podium. That ended up being Couturier, Giroux, and Voracek. They all ended up uh, talking about um, Simmons and what he brought to the locker room, all that. And all that stuff is up on uh, the Crossing Broad Facebook, Instagram, Twitter pages. But um, Simmons afterwards, like, he choked up a few times talking about, you know, possibly leaving Philly. Said he didn't want to. Said his wife was six and a half months pregnant. Um, hadn't really thought about the possibility of him leaving. Like, all those kind of things. And it was, like, a, it was an oddly emotional moment, and I'm, like, standing around all these guys who have covered him for, for years. Um, he was with the team for eight years. And um, a really cool thing that happened after the cameras had left and everything started to dissipate was, uh, you know, each one of those guys going up and shaking Wayne's hand and thanking him for all the memories and, and for being such a good guy and, and all that. And, I don't know, you try not to get caught up in the human side of things, because if you do, you're you're going to feel bad and, you know, empathize with, with every player. You're never going to, you know, be... Um, I think fair in, in your job and in, in your assessing of, of guys, but Simmons was a really awesome player. He was a guy that I think a lot of uh of youth, especially in, in Philly and in and in um, you know, the African American community that could relate to and um I think it's gonna be a shame that he's gone, but I am happy for him he's gonna be going to Nashville. They're gonna be a legit contender uh in the Western Conference and he gets to, to join up with Peter Laviolette. So, uh, you know, I know it's very cliche and simple to say, but uh I think I will be rooting for the Preds on the uh, the Western Conference side of things to uh, to win the Stanley Cup. It'd be nice to see him win, just in the same way it was to see Kimo Tim- Timonen move on to uh, Chicago and, and do it there, as much as I don't like the Blackhawks. Anyway, uh, that, I think, wraps it up from here. Uh, there was a question about what we thought about Chris Hemsworth being named as uh, the guy playing Hulk Hogan in an upcoming film. I don't know how you're going to get over that accent and turn him into Hulk Hogan, but by all means... Have at it. Um, So I guess that's it for now. Uh, As Kevin mentioned before, he's going to be doing an episode of It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia. Uh, I believe that'll drop either Tuesday or Wednesday. Anthony and I are going to be doing an episode of Snow the Goalie. Uh, there is a Flyers game Tuesday night that we'll be doing the Press Row Show from uh, Live at Wells Fargo Center. We're going to be dropping a new episode of Snow the Goalie, and Anthony told me I'm not allowed to announce who the uh, the guest is that's going to be featured on that episode. All I can tell you is they are by far the biggest guest we've had. And remember, we've uh, we've interviewed GM Ron Hextall. We've interviewed um, Scott Gordon and some players. This uh, this name is somebody that is not only uh, renowned in philadelphia but quite frankly across the sport you can say that his uh his name is known generation after generation in the hockey community and uh in in the uh the sport of hockey as a whole so that is going to be a very interesting interview so make sure you check that out and uh let's see what else oh crossed up is going to record at some point hopefully once harper lent is over uh, Bob and Anthony are going to record an episode of Crossed Up. Of course, they've done 33 episodes. The only thing to do now is to wait until Harper signs, and then it's either going to be a happy episode 34 of signing Bryce Harper. It's going to be a very sad uh, episode of, uh, of Crossed Up, but they'll be doing one in Crossing Bright FC. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll record this week. Maybe we won't. If we do, we'll be recapping the Champions League and, uh, previewing some other things going on in the world of international soccer. So for Kevin, who you can find on Twitter at Kevin underscore Kincaid, I'm Russ at joy on broad, follow us, uh, find the link in the description to our, uh, Twitter handles, uh, follow us there and, uh, keep the conversation going. And of course, go on to iTunes, leave a five-star review. That would be swell it helps us. And, uh, yeah, if you're uh, interested, if you know anyone who has a, a small business or a bigger business and is interested in, uh, doing some advertising to thousands of people across the crossing broad podcast network or on the site let us know reach out to me um and uh, we'll get you set up with the right people so uh, big thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you again soon